Hello, and welcome to the second ever episode of Base Calls. I'm Henry. I'm joined here by Seb. Seb, how are we doing? Pretty excited, Henry. Uh, we've got a hot takes episode today submitted by uh, the fans. All our, all our loyal Base Call fans, you submitted your, your spiciest base takes. So, Seb, you want to get us started off? I think you got one going here. Okay, yeah. So, the first take we got here submitted by Sohail is that Seiya Suzuki wins the National League MVP. Now, Henry, uh, I didn't mention this take to you before, but what are your first impressions? Uh, I think Seiya Suzuki's a pretty swaggy guy. Um, obviously, at this point, he's got, I believe, four bombs in like 11 games. He's doing, doing pretty good making the transition to American baseball, but I think MVP, I respect the hot take. It, it is hot takes. We asked you for your spiciest takes, and this is a spicy take, but I, I do not agree with this personally. I think I'm still on either Soto or Harper or, you know, Maybe if Acuna or Tatis could put together a really big shortened season. I, I think Suzuki could get some votes. I think the thing that would hold him back the most as well would be that the Cubs are not very good. So I do not imagine he'll be making the playoffs. And obviously, Harper won it last year without making the playoffs, but I don't think Say Suzuki is going to be winning MVP in 2022. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that one, Henry. You know, he's um, he's a guy that is definitely in the in the running for the Rookie of the Year. There's not that many uh, guys in the in the National League compared to the American League in terms of premium rookies. So I think there is that's a more likely scenario for him to win that. And I think he's been doing well the first week, but you know the season has just started, and it's it, it's it's too early to tell. But I think the main thing holding him back, like you said, I'm not really adding much here, is that. There's other guys that are that are really good in the National League, especially Juan Soto. I think that's a guy that can just take off even more than he already has. And if he's healthy for a full season, there's not really a reason why he doesn't win MVP, or at least Acuna, Tatis, Harper, those yeah, guys. Yes, so, so hell, unfortunately, uh, your hot take has been shut down, and we do not agree with you. But definitely respect it respect the hot take us at base calls we really like your spicy takes so so keep delivering the heat uh, next up we got another another spicy one here from lucas uh, who said that otani is overrated and isn't a top five player in mlb so just for reference uh, me and seb tried to make a little bit of a, a top 100 before the season started we had him number four we had Trout de and soto above him i respect the spiciness of this take again but I don't think there are five players in baseball that I could confidently say are, are better than Shohei. What do you think? I don't agree with the take. I do think that Otani's a top five player, but I can see where you're coming from. Because Otani is not necessarily a top five offensive player, and he's not a top five pitcher. It's when you put those two things together that he really shines. And obviously he's he's very unique in that way. But last year we saw something that we've never seen before. And I think a question that I've been asking myself a lot is, can he sustain that over a, a full season again? And I'm not sure. And if he isn't able to, then he probably isn't a top five player. I think that if he does what he did again, without a doubt he's a top five player. I think the question here is more, can Otani do what he did again? And... Whether he can or can't, we'll decide whether he's a top five player or not. Yeah, I think, you know, really it's just the guys that we named that, that could be better than him. And then 
I suppose you could make an argument for guys like uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna, Jake Cronenworth being better. But but overall, I don't think I don't think there's a, a true argument for Shohei not being top five at this moment. I understand where you're coming from, though. All right, moving on. Uh, we got a good take from Jonas here. I think I think this is a pretty good one. So, Sean Murphy will be a top two catcher after this year, behind only Yasmani Grandal. As of right now, I think Sean Murphy's probably top five. I know he had a bit of a tough hitting season in 2021. He's obviously won a Gold Glove, so he's pretty good defensively. He's off to a a pretty hot start. I believe right now he has a 149 OPS plus. Obviously, that's a really small sample size. Only about 45 plate appearances. I don't necessarily disagree with this, but I don't agree with it. I, the big linchpin here for me is that I think Will Smith is going to be better. What about you? You know, I actually like this take. Uh, I think the better catchers in the game, like Ismani Grandal and JT Realmuto, are getting older and are probably bound to regress within the next year or two. And Sean Murphy's proven that, one, he can do it with the glove. I think he won a gold glove last year, or it was the year before. Yeah, it was last year. He he won it, like I said, so you're kind of right. copying my point, but maybe come up with your own argument. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then I guess I'll have to talk about the bat. I think he's definitely a guy that projects to, to do well with the bat and has done it in the past and obviously, like you said, has had a, a top start. But he's very young, and I think that's what helps him out a lot. I guess my main concern is the lack of prote- protection in the Oakland lineup. Uh, that team is obviously selling their good pieces, and the only reason that Sean Murphy's there is because he's young and, young and controllable. So I, it'll be interesting to see how he performs offensively uh, with the lack of offensive depth in that lineup. But And I don't mean to compare him to a guy like Soto, and I know we talk about Soto a lot, but Soto has almost no protection in, in, in the Nationals lineup, and he's exceptional. So I don't know how much it'll hold him back. But I think, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with this take. I think that JT Real Muto is, is, is definitely regressing with the bat, and Yasmani, while very good, he's super slow, and I don't think that necessarily bodes well for him in the future. And Will Smith is good and young, but uh, I think Sean Murphy's also quite good and young. Yeah, I think overall I'm going to take a pass on this take, but I like it. I like it for sure. Uh, moving on, Seb, I think you got a think you got a take for us here. Yeah. So this next take here is submitted by Cam, and it's that the Yankees finished fourth in the division. Now, I would definitely consider this a hot take, but I have seen people saying that this is a possibility, and obviously this is because the AL East is probably the most deep division in baseball with a lot of, you know, obviously you got the Jays, the Red Sox, the Rays and the Yankees. Forget about the Orioles. Those teams could finish anywhere 1 through 4. What do you think about this, Henry? This is a strong agree. I, this is a strong agree here for me. I, I think the Yankees aren't bad per se. I think they'll compete for a playoff spot. Uh, I don't love their rotation. They got a good bullpen, but no, this is a, this is a strong agree. I think the Rays and Jays you know, it's early. The Jays didn't make the playoffs last year, uh, very early into the season, but I would take the Rays and Jays over them, you know, at this moment. And I think they're on the same level as the Red Sox. But organizationally, I think I trust the Red Sox much more to do something down the stretch to push their team over the edge uh, when I don't necessarily have that trust in, like, Brian Cashman right now. I don't love where the Yankees are at relative to the other teams. This is still a team that I think could win 90-plus games, but... Yeah, no, this is a strong agree on that take. Also, another thing with the Yankees is the 
durability of their players is definitely a question. There's not really one guy in that lineup that I can say, oh, this is this guy's going to play, you know, 150, 155 games. You know, Judge, Stanton, LeMahieu, just to name a few guys. Those guys have had issues with injuries in the past. I think LeMahieu has, right? I don't... I actually don't know, honestly. I know he sucked last year. I don't know how much injuries had to play with that. It, it, I hope injuries had something with that because if he was just that bad by himself, I'm I'm not feeling good about that situation. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he wasn't that good last year. But, you know, they've obviously that team is, is known for having their big sluggers and that type of player, those types of guys are bound to get injured just because of the way that they play baseball. And... Oh, man. D- no, DJ's, DJ's consistent here. Yeah, okay. just for reference, DJ rarely misses games, it looks like. Okay, so I messed up on that one. But uh, I guess he's one guy, but the power guys, you know. Like Judge and Stanton are, are, are the main two that come to mind. Stan- uh, sorry, Judge was actually relatively healthy last year, but it was only the second time that he's done it for a full season, and that's the most important guy in that lineup. If there's no Aaron Judge, you're nervous about the Yankees. Uh, and Giancarlo Stanton, obviously another instrumental piece in that offense. So, will they finish fourth? Not necessarily, but, you know, they're definitely on a path to where that could happen. So, yeah, Base Calls is not a pro-Yankees podcast, so no. uh, I think I think we're going to take the a yes on this one. The, this spicy take, I'm saying it paid off, or I'm saying it will pay off. All right, we got a really good, really good spicy one here from Scarlett. Uh, she says that baseball players have the best ass out of sports players. I obviously the video of, of Sean Murphy getting hit in the ass with his, with the with a pitch got pretty big recently. That was looking really good there. I think for me, it really comes down to to football and and baseball where they really get to showcase their butts the most. I think hockey is a tough one just because they're not really getting to showcase what they have. But I'm gonna take an agree. I'm gonna agree with this one. Um, I think Robbie Ray did a lot for the sport last year with those tight pants. Some guys, you know, just really rocking it out there. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take an agree on this one. What do you think, Seb? Oh yeah, I'm with you all the way, Henry. As a, as an amateur baseball player myself, I think it would be criminal for me not to agree here. I I have been told that I have a baseball ass before, and I think there's a reason for that. Uh, just being a baseball player, and. Yeah, the uh, baseball asses have definitely gotten some attention this year, like you mentioned with, with Sean Murphy and, and Robbie Ray last year, which is uh, really good for the game. So, yeah, I'm uh, very much agreeing with this take. Next up, we got one from Taryn here and from Sean. I sort of combined these two takes. Uh, Taryn said that Alec Manoa is the best pitcher on the Blue Jays, and Sean said that Manoa will finish top three in Cy Young. Seb, what's your, what's your take on this one? Well, I know how you feel about this one, Henry, because we've talked about this before. Uh, it's really hard for me to say who the best pitcher on the Jays is. I think, personally, I think it, it's probably Kevin Gosman, but it could be Manoa if he if he has a really strong season. Man, I, I'm just trying to formulate an opinion on this one. I'm going to say no right now, but he definitely could be within the next year or two. I think Gosman just has more experience and even if you look at Barrios while Barrios doesn't have the the craziest numbers he goes out and throws innings every single year and you pretty much know what you're going to get from him so I think Manoa while he was good in his rookie year last year he's definitely got to prove it a little bit so I'm going to say no but very good pitcher I'm I'm 100% on this take Seb you know you brought it up there a little bit uh, how we've talked about how much I like Manoa and I'm 
I'm absolutely on this take. I think he's the best pitcher on the team. I love Kevin Gossman. Really good stuff. Solid fastball, elite splitter. Alec Manoa is really good, though. In my predictions for this season, I have him finishing third and Cy Young behind only Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber. And I think, you know, Manoa, you look at, like, the J-Ram trade that was allegedly proposed with uh, Gabriel Moreno, their number one prospect in it. I think the the linchpin in that trade that really made it that they weren't going to make that trade, the, the thing that stopped the Jays from making that trade was that Manoa had to be involved. I think he's a really integral part of this rotation, and he showed out in spring training, really solid first two starts of the season. I'm, I'm all in on this. Alec Manoa, top three Cy Young, best pitcher on the Jays, 100%. Well, I will say one thing, Henry. While I'm not completely sold in this take, I, I hope that you're right. And I would I would love Alec Manoa to, to be the best pitcher on the Jays and and to be a Cy Young contender. Absolutely. Seb, next take. Okay, so the next one we got here is from Stu, who actually submitted two takes, so we'll get to his second one in a little bit. Uh, but the first one is that the Tigers sneak into the playoffs. Now, this is definitely a... I uh-huh. think it's a pretty hot take. This is a, this is a spicy, spicy take. This is the spiciest take we've had so far. You think? I think so. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams in the American League. We just talked about four playoff contenders in the East. In the Central, you've got the, the White Sox that kind of seem to be the dog at the top. And then in the West, you know, you've got the Astros and the Mariners are definitely making a push. And say what you want about the Angels, but they're, they're sort of trying. I like the take personally. I think the Tigers are a really fun team. And by no means would they make it into the playoffs by a landslide. They would have to sneak in. But I think there's a lot of really good young talent there. I really like the signing the signing of Javi Baez. I think he's an elite defensive shortstop with really good pop. Uh, and I think he's a guy that's going to make the young guys around him better. Torkelson, I'm really high on Spencer, Spencer Torkelson. Uh, if you haven't seen that guy swing, go check it out. He just swings really hard and hits the ball super hard. And uh, I think a guy like Riley Green gets overshadowed by him a bit. But... Riley Green's the number five prospect in baseball, and Torkelson's the fourth. So definitely a lot of promise there in Detroit. And not to mention, they've got a really a really good amount of, of young pitching talent. And I think that that's ultimately what takes you to the playoffs, pitching. And if they're able to kind of tap into that, this team could be dangerous and be a little sneaky team to, to slide in there. I would love this take in 2023, but... Uh, as we speak, we're recording this on, on April 19th, 2022, and I'm, I'm out on this take. There are seven teams that I can confidently say I think are better than the than the Tigers. I love the Tigers. I think they're a really fun team right now. Everything that Seb said, I, I agree with. I do not think they're going to sneak into the playoffs. I'm, I'm out on this take, but you know, let's hear, let's hear Stu's next one. Yeah, so his next one is that C.J. Abrams wins Rookie of the Year. And uh, this is funny because last week I actually said to Henry that C.J. Abrams uh, is my sneaky rookie of the year pick in the NL. Now, we just talked about Seiya Suzuki before, who well, is probably the favorite, but with Fernando Tatis Jr. out on, uh, on the Padres, I think that opens up a lot of playing time for C.J. Abrams, and when Tatis does come back, if Abrams is good, I think there's, they find a way to keep his bat in the lineup. I think this is just a really good young hitter. Not the most pop in the world, but a great eye and a great ability to just kind of slap the ball around the field with good defense and speed. I think the power will come, but as of right now, he's got, you know, that that good bat, good fielding, good speed. 
uh, and I think with the the dangerous bats in the San Diego lineup, like Jake Cronenworth, he's definitely got uh, ample protection there. I think the thing for me here is not necessarily an anti-CJ Abrams in the sense that I don't think he's good enough to win it. It's more that I think the guys like Joey Bart and Seiya Suzuki, really, they could be they could struggle. They could have like a, a 20 OPS plus month and they wouldn't get sent down. Like, they're staples of their rosters and I don't think that they're really at risk of, of losing playing time. I think they're always going to be there. And I think if CJ Abrams has like a tough three-week stretch when like Nando gets back, you've got Nando, Machado, Kim, the Crone Zone, all in that sort of left infield. And I just think there's not a whole ton of space for Abrams, Abrams in that roster to sort of, you know, develop uh, over the course of a full season. And even with that, you know, the first take we had today was the, the Seiya Suzuki MVP take. And while I don't agree with the the MVP thing, I think Seiya Suzuki provides more year one upside than Abrams. So I, I like the take. I wouldn't be surprised if Abrams finishes top five, maybe even top three. That being said, uh, I'm not in on this in on this take at all. Uh, next take we got here from Maya. She says, I love baseball. I, for one, think this is a pretty interesting one. You know, I've had to think about this one a lot. I've had some time to think about it, and I'm going to I'm gonna take an agree. I'm going to take an agree on the I love baseball take. Seb, what do you think? I probably would, too. I mean, we've been talking about it a lot, and, you know, I think if we didn't love it, we probably wouldn't be talking about it and trying to make a podcast out of it. So, in that sense, I guess I love baseball. I'm trying to think of a reason why I wouldn't. I guess if you get hit in the face with a ball, that would kind of suck. I probably wouldn't love baseball if that happened to me. But I'm sure that feeling would pass. So I'm going to say that I love baseball too. Yeah, so I think I think we can definitely both agree that Base Calls is for sure a pro baseball podcast. I, I like the, We like to take Maya. We, we for sure agree on this one. Next take, honestly, this, this might be my favorite one of the show so far. Uh, Thomas says that they should let them use metal bats. And I was thinking about this one quite a bit. Obviously, uh, at the college level, they can use metal bats. You know, they're not allowed to use it in the majors because it would be, you know, too much pop and it's unfair. I think I'm in on this take. At least for one season, I want them to let them use metal bats. Like, I want to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit baseballs with a metal bat. I want John Carlos Stanton to hit 700-foot bombs with a metal bat. I, I desperately need this now that I think about it. I know it might not be fair. I know, you know, there's some weird issues that could come up with it, you know, the sort of regulations around what metal bats you're allowed to allowed to use. But overall, I'm I'm in on this take. This is a, a very good take, a spicy take, but but a take that I'm I'm all in on. I feel like if I disagree with this take in any way shape or form, I'm being a loser and not fun. But I don't really think that there's anything like the the crack of a wood bat. I think just the sound of it is super satisfying and sometimes metal bats can be a little bit cheap it would be cool to see them use it and realistically speaking you know maybe they could use metal bats in the home run derby that could be a fun way to just see Stanton hit a thousand foot home runs i think that would be a lot of fun but for the sake of the game I've pro probably not i'm gonna say no i think a lot of people would be outraged by this Especially your your baseball oldies, I know you can't just do everything to uh, appease them, but uh... but I think the reality is that they're going to be dead pretty soon, and when they are, we're going to dance on their graves with our metal bats. And I think that you know I, I agree with the the crack of the wooden bat take, but you know the Tigers are struggling out there in Comerica. It's like seven hundred feet deep. You got to at least let them try with the metal bats. So are you saying? 
just metal bats at Comerica? Oh, I'm saying just metal bats everywhere. 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 Even in Philly. Even in Philly. Even in cores. I want CJ Cron hitting 8,000 foot tanks. I want it to come back around. I think metal bats and cores would probably be the, the biggest joke in, in baseball history. I think my only concern would that be would be that uh, if a pitcher gets hit with a liner from a metal bat, like if Chris Bassett gets hit with that liner last year and that's from a metal bat, I don't know if he gets back up. I don't think he gets back up ever. Yeah, so uh, definitely would hurt a lot more if he got hit by a bat off a, a ball off a metal bat. I understand the, the counterpoints, but I think I'm all in on the metal bats take. Next up, we got a take from Kalen here. Uh, this is just to preface. I think this may have been a you know about as far as you can go with the the spicy takes. This is like dangerously spicy. I, I'm not a big spice guy. I can't handle spice very much. I've heard like Carolina Reaper peppers are are very bad. You know, you got to drink a lot of milk, uh, and this is like right in that level. This is like 10 million Scoba level. Kalen says that Fernando Tatis Jr. is not a top 10 shortstop. Seb, what do you think? Actually, Henry, I want you to give your take first because I have an interesting response forming in my head for this one. So I think there are two ways to look at this. There's the way to look at this as Fernando Tatis Jr. is a shortstop. He's a, he's a, he's a baseball player who plays shortstop, and he's very good at baseball. Therefore, he, he has to be the number one shortstop. He's incredible with the bat. But the other angle that I, I feel like you might be thinking about right now is that he's not a top 10 shortstop, even though he's the best player at that position. You know, he's not good defensively necessarily. He might be end up in the corner outfields, but I, I want to hear your, your take here. That's actually pretty much what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, if you kind of look at the perspective defensively at the shortstop position, uh, if you look at it like that, if we're just talking def- top 10 defensive shortstops, I would agree with that, that Tatis isn't top 10. Uh, you know, like you said, he had to get moved to the corner outfield and center field last year. Uh, but obviously, he's a top 10 shortstop. When we evaluate players, we look at their offense and their defense. And his offense is by far the best out of the shortstop position. Even if even if he was dead last in defense, I would probably still put him number one just because of how insane his bat is. Yeah, I... I understand the the heat coming from this. I respect it. I, I like that this take was submitted, but uh, this is a strong no. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best shortstop in baseball. Relating to this, though, you, uh, Sebastian Hernandez, sent me a take that the Padres have not been that good since since Nando came up. I think just to start, this feels hot off the bat, but I don't even know how hot this is. Like, the Padres haven't been that good. They had the great 60 game, but, like, the Marlins won a playoff series that year. You can kind of do whatever in a 60 game. I don't... You know, it's... It's hot in the sense that I feel like the Padres get a lot of attention with Fernando, but I think it's right. I think it's uh, the correct take. You know, you want to elaborate on it? Yeah, Nando came up in 19, right? He did. He did. So, yeah, the Padres weren't good in 19, and like you said, they were they were good in the 2020-60 game. Uh, and you can count the 60 game. Like, if you look at the World Series between the, the Rays and the Dodgers, those were clearly the best teams in the American League and the National League, so it makes it easier to justify that world series but there were tons of teams that you know overperformed like the marlins i'm repeating a lot of what you just said henry but yeah i mean were they was it really a successful season i know they made it to the to the cs 
They but, went to the DS. They got swept in the DS. Oh, was it the DS? They got swept okay. by the Dodgers in the DS. Well, that'll even further strengthen my point that they only made it to the DS, and then 2021 was was horrible for them. They were probably the most disappointing team I'd in the entire mile. Yeah, but they finished 28 games back at first. Like, well, it they was a bad year. started all right, and then at the end of the year, they just they just stopped decide like they just stopped caring about baseball. So you know what? I I really don't think that this is that bad of a take yeah i think you could argue as to how spicy this take is but i don't think you could argue how like true this take is the, the padres haven't been that good since nano came up fun team a lot of guys we like since nano came up it's been a bit of a mess uh moving on here we got a take from uh another sebastian not sebastian hernandez but you know a second step here who says that uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is Justin Trudeau's real father. Now, this is an interesting one. Obviously, you've heard some people say that uh, Fidel Castro is Justin Trudeau's real father, but I think Vladi is definitely a name that could be thrown around. Uh, at the moment, he does have two daughters uh, and Garrett Cole, so I think there is a possibility of him having a fourth a child. I don't know. What do you think about this one? Well, you bring up Garrett Cole being Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s child, and I think that you know you could draw some similarities between Cole and Trudeau. They both sound kind of funny, and I don't know. They have kind of a similar-looking face, so I think they could be siblings there. So I don't think it's far out to say that that Guerrero is Trudeau's father, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I- interesting take, other Seb. Um, we'll have to think about this one further. Uh, this is from, from Tom, who says, Vladi is more valuable than Juan Soto. You know... Us at Base Calls, this is very much a pro of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. podcast. He's definitely my favorite player. I'm pretty sure he's your favorite too, right? He's Other absolutely than, my favorite player. You know, we, we love Vladi here. You know, can't overstate how much we were Vladi fans. That being said, I really like Juan Soto as a baseball player. I think this is a legit, like, 500 on base percentage. You know, consistent 190 OPS plus, like, over his career type guy. And... You know, after last season, he showed really, really significant uh, improvement in the field uh, to the point where he's like a notably above average defender, like a good, good plus defender. I think you could make an argument that Vladi is a better hitter than Soto. Uh, I would say in terms of like raw hitting tools, in terms of like power, even possibly contact, uh, Vladi's better. I think in terms of total value, uh, I would have to disagree on that one. What about you, though? This is a tough one because Vladi and Soto kind of feel like 1A, 1B. You know, it's hard to to put one on top of the other. I know most people would say Soto, and I would say Soto right now. But in terms of overall value, like, are we, are we, is this like a projection for the future? I think it's, I think it's right now, like, who's providing more value? Well, are we looking at at it from the perspective of their team? Because the Nationals aren't going anywhere, and so... In that sense, I would say Vladdy's more but valuable. In, to in the that Jays. sense, you could also argue that Soto brings more value because the the Nats would win twenty games a year without him. They would find a way to not win twenty games. I don't think that's possible. I, I think from that angle, I think Soto provides more total value to the team. For me, what it really comes down to is that this is just like the, the classic, like comparing apples to oranges. They're both elite, elite hitters, and obviously it's always going to be, like, who's better. Um, and just for, like, reference, I think, you know, in our top 100 that we referenced earlier, we had Soto above Vladdy. I didn't, 
you know, really think that one was, I didn't really put a ton of thought into that one in the sense that I was like, oh, maybe is, is Vladdy more valuable? I love Vladdy. Like I said, I think like legit possibility that after this season, he's the best hitter on the planet and, and could be for the next like 10 years. Juan Soto is really, really good though. He's going to walk a ton and he's provides a ton of defensive value. So while I don't think this is a bad take per se, uh, and it's sort of tough to outright disagree with, I don't agree with it. Honestly, I don't really have, I can't really formulate a strong opinion one way or another because I don't think one is that much better than the other. I think if, you know, if Soto is better, it's by such a small amount that I wouldn't say that one is really more valuable than the other. So, like, I don't know if I'm allowed to pass on a take that feels kind of cheap, but these are two of the best young hitters in the game, and I think that they're both extremely valuable. Yeah, I think, just to sum it up, for me it would be, if I was a Toronto Blue Jays and the Washington Nationals called me right now and said, we will give you Juan Soto for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. one for one, I would say no. And if I were the Washington Nationals and the Toronto Blue Jays called me and said, we will give you Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for Juan Soto one for one, I would also say no. Uh, And we have come to our final take of the day uh, from Alex, who says that the Toronto Blue Jays will make the World Series. Just to preface this, I think the betting odds right now are still the Blue Jays the favorites to win the AL. I know that, you know, the Astros feel like the the best bet there, just considering how good they've been recently. You know, the Jays didn't even make the playoffs last year as as good as they seem. What do you think about this though? What is what are your what are your final thoughts on the Blue Jays making the World Series here? Well, this take is toying with my heart because I want to say yes, but it's baseball, and anything can happen. Even if the Jays are the favorite in the American League. What are the chances? Like ten percent that they win the World Series? I'm pretty sure right now. Obviously, you know, this is super like imprecise. It's sort of just like a made up, you know, formula that uh, certain sites have. But I believe, according to Baseball Reference, right now they give the Blue Jays an 11.1 percent chance to win the World Series, which is really, really high. I think that's the second best in the league right now. I think what it really comes down to for me is that. I, I can't say the Jays are going to win the World Series because if I do, I'm pretty sure I'll jinx it. I can't say that I can't say that they'll win it either, but I will agree with the take because there's no one team that you can say for certain. Like you can't say that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series, even though they're easily the best team in the league. They still their chance to win the World Series is probably only a little bit better than the Jays, and I think the Jays are a pretty well constructed team. Uh, they don't really have one kind of glaring weakness. I think the offense is really good. The starting rotation is much improved. The bullpen is underrated. The defense has gotten better. Uh, the depth is questionable, but the depth is something that can be addressed with prospects and trades. So I'm not really concerned there. Uh, and I think they're in a good they're in a good position. Obviously, the American League is is tough, especially in the American League East. Uh, but the Jays seem to be probably the best constructed team in the American League. Yeah, I think in in a sense, I, I like what you said. I totally agree with it. What it comes down to for me is that more often than not, the best team does not make the World Series. Uh, and as much as the Jays look like the best team in the AL, you know, depending on how you see it, I think. I don't feel confident saying anyone is going to make or win the World Series at this point in the season. So 
I respect the heat being brought on this one, but I know Seb, you know, the last one said it might be a bit of a cop-out to take a pass, but I don't disagree. I won't disagree or agree because I refuse to, to jinx my favorite team. All right, so that is going to just about do it for the second ever episode of Base Calls. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our, our takes on your takes. We would love to hear your takes on these takes. Make sure to send us some more hot takes. Uh, we love to hear them. Uh, Seb, you got anything to say to them? Yeah, just stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, we have no idea what we're doing yet, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be interesting. So stay tuned and uh, we'll see you guys next time.